0: I
1: you. What's good, internet? It is Monday, September eighteenth, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode ninety-seven. We're recording this one from our various homes. I'm Austin Walker. Joining me, Patrick Klepek.
2: Centrist, centrist, centrist. Actually, that makes that makes it sound like I'm chanting the game centrist,
1: centrist. <laughs> Shout out to Samantha <laughs> Coleman. Centrist, centrist, centrist. <laughs> also joining us, Rob Zachney.
3: Why hasn't anyone held the town hall in here? Why is nobody holding town halls? It's a disgrace. <laughs> we haven't held a town scene? hall
1: since we launched. We uh, promised when we that's launched. A, that's, a,
3: that's an AMA, right?
2: Is That's like like true. A, I, did a,
1: I did one AMA. I've done one town hall answered a bunch of questions. Most of them, they were surprisingly about giantbomb.com. I, who knew? <laughs>
2: oh, wow. Austin, are you saying that the legacy of your career will largely involve questions about a, a previous job you had for years after you had that job?
1: Yeah. Has that happened to you before?
2: <laughs> nah, man. That's just, I just, <laughs> just, a, just a theory. Just a theory.
1: Oh, how's everybody doing? It's Monday. We, we, were, we were tossing some hot references there to a really <laughs> amazing uh, video by a, a, a candidate. Yeah, so, uh, look up on,
2: on YouTube, uh, Dan Helmer for Congress, H-E-L-M-E-R. He'll take you to the Helmer zone, which...
1: Yeah, so, yeah you can also do a search for Helmer zone. It's unlisted. <laughs> that video's unlisted. That video's oh. unlisted. You can't do a search mm. for it.
2: Well, it, search it right on Twitter because it's currently getting roasted by <laughs> a lot of people. My guess is you'll find it on Twitter if you search Dan Helmer. It's, it's good.
1: It's good. <laughs> it's, it's good because it's also a, a a top gun parody which mm-hmm. is really relevant in 2017
2: timely for the youth well th- i guess technically they're about to shoot top gun 2 so maybe Are top they? guns oh yeah tom uh, yeah tom cruise is coming back there's it's a uh, you know handing handing it over to those millennial guns I think this Oh was, wow. Yeah, they're straight up shooting Top Gun 2. So maybe actually maybe Dan Helmer we're not giving him enough credit for for like laying the groundwork for when Top Gun 2 is is a hot button issue in 2018 during the right. congressional
1: race. So, hmm. I have Dan a question. Dan Helmer. I yeah. I have kind of an important question, which is is Top Gun 2 uh in the same canon as the Top Gun Nintendo games and more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, <clears throat> the Top Gun Combat Zones which was released for the PS2 and that had FMV. I believe that was almost FMV. There was definitely or am I just thinking of a fake game? Hold on, Top Gun Top Gun. The FMV only Top game. Gun
3: game I ever played was the NES game where landing your plane was like next to impossible.
1: Yeah. Uh, I bet if you went back now you would be better. Because let me tell you the trick about that game was we were children. And we were bad at, at everything. I think I'm thinking of top Gun, uh, Tomcat Alley, a fantastic Sega CD game that is fake um, Top Gun. Basically. Yeah, top, top you know Gun- what was
3: real good was US Navy Fighters. Do you remember this one? I don't. It was a Jane's game. Uh, sure. Those were generally like, you know, trying to be hardcore Sims and everything. But with US Navy Fighters, they went in a direction where they're like, you know what the flight sim genre needs? Is an FMV campaign uh, about the fallout from uh, the breakup of the post-Soviet
1: <laughs> Union. Yeah,
3: great. Uh, and it was it was real good because it was like a super. It was in some ways like a super dry flight sim, but then Command and Conquer cutscenes. Oh, that sounds uh, perfect. But like, it, no, it was like I'm sorry, it was like somebody is trying to make a West Wing episode out of Command and Conquer cutscene <laughs> elements.
1: <laughs> they actually got Aaron Sorkin. They were like, "This is it. This is the new. This is the new uh, generation." Uh, yeah, Patrick. I was definitely thinking of Tomcat Alley, which is a fantastic Sega CD game that is uh, about flying planes and and looking at bad FMV.
2: But there, I mean, there was a Top Gun game released in 2012. What Top Gun Hardlock was released in March 2012 for 360. PC what? and PlayStation 3 by 505 Games and Paramount Interactive. The player takes the role of a pilot named Lance Spider-Webb
1: who graduated from Bad, the top Gun. no, uh, no. It's, 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 <laughs> like Spider and then his last name is hang Webb, on. W-E-B-B? Uh-huh.
3: Hang on, hang on. Dude's name is Lance and it's called Hard Lock. Maybe this is finally just going to dive into that gay subtext. <laughs> uh, <laughs> finally. In, in, in in Top Gun, maybe someone like it's 2012, Well, we can finally just now we can finally just make it canon that after the after the credits rolled, uh, Maverick and Iceman uh, got married and opened a opened a combination B and B, uh, and combat flight school.
1: <laughs> it's great. I am having my honeymoon. It's perfect. They got they got the relationship on hard lock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is Val Kilmer going to be in this new Top Gun? Yes. Oh, okay, I'm in. That's it. That's all I need to know. Really? You're in? I mean... You'll see mm, it. I'm in. You'll see it on iTunes
3: or Netflix streaming.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll see it eventually. I'll be in a bar one day and it'll be on.
3: <laughs> no, man, I'm going to go to the 70mm IMAX show. I'm going to travel for that one. I'm going to be like, wait, I'm sorry. This was filmed, of course. Of course. <laughs> and I see it as it was intended to be seen.
1: Ugh. <laughs> uh. God, so uh, b- besides Top Gun, what's everyone been up to? Top Gun and bad uh, congressional uh, uh, fundraising ads. What's I, everyone else been up to?
2: I need to hear about this uh, the Battlegrounds match that you oh. fucking accidentally got yourself into after you yeah. finished streaming today. So
1: we streamed this morning, you mean and Danica, um, and we were desperate to get a fog match. And we never got a fog match. It just never happened.
2: For, uh, for people who don't know, there was a recent patch that added a low... Correct. Uh, frequency, like, it just doesn't come up on the dice roll of, like, what kind of environmental setting you're gonna get. But there's a fog one, which would add a lot of, like, weird dynamics, theoretically, to right. playing. Um, and so we, we've been trying to get that um, uh, this morning and we didn't. But then, yeah, you you, you rolled one last time. I was like, oh, I'll just hit
1: play real quick just to see if I can get into one. And I forgot to uncheck look at, uh, I forgot to uncheck squad mode. I meant to go to solo and I just matched up with the squad. And I was like, Ah, fuck it. Let's see if it's, if it's a fog game. It was a fog game. Um, the fog is so dense, guys. It is. So, I'm watching
2: this video. That is, uh, so I linked that's a real one ass th- fog.
1: It's real ass fog. So I linked. I, I actually captured. Thankfully, I hit the ground. And I was like, this is wild. I have to capture this whole video. So I started recording. Um, and the experience, first of all, playing it, just generally, was already very strange because of how much it cuts um the the visibility, right? Like you're used to being able to see so far in player unknown's battlegrounds. And here you can still catch like a silhouette, but it is really a silhouette. It is just like black on white because there is so much fog. Um and so I had this experience of just like immediately hitting the ground and then like running inside, getting guns like normal, and then just seeing movement in the distance. And as I was chasing them, the people, it felt like I was a slasher movie villain. Because <laughs> like they were ter- they felt like they were terrified they moved in ways that were like they weren't making smart plays. They weren't playing the game the way you should play this game. Um, and I ended up like getting two great shots. Oh my kills. god! I'm watching it right. In. You just <laughs> knock them off. Like so. Like you. Okay. One. You skipped over a
2: crucial part of this sequence. which Is that as you're, uh, you know, Jason Voorheesing uh, your <laughs> way across the Silent Hill landscape, yes. um, chasing after this player that is clearly shook and does yes. not know what to do. From the other side, not their friend. Right. Or maybe their friend comes oh, over with a comes over. Of- over with a motorcycle flips the motorcycle falls off the motorcycle skids in front of them yes i think i'm assuming they actually weren't grouped up but then both get on the motorcycle together and as they're about to try and speed away you
1: pull out your shotgun and stop that i actually think that they were together because early on the video the two of them are both getting onto that motorcycle and i shoot one and one hops off which, to me, suggests how shook he was. He was just like, no, I can't be here. I can't be anywhere. Uh-oh. And so his friend, like, circles back around to pick him back up. And that was that was his final mistake. I mm. want a
2: fog match. I well, want... Not, this I, is
1: the t- thing. That's not even why I think this game was good, Patrick. That's not how I, it started. Ooh. Okay. And I'm just going to describe what happened next, which is... Uh-huh. I zoom out the map after that kill. I get I do some more looting, blah blah blah. I'm playing I'm playing at battlegrounds. I'm being cautious because I'm kind of near the school, which is a very hot and spicy place for people who haven't played this game. It's a lot of action. Also you, you got linked up with people. You're not playing solo. Right. I, I joined a squad game, so there are four people in my team, but soon enough, two of them get killed or one of them drops off. And so then it's just me and this guy named Crispus or Crispies, maybe Crispies. Um and he's really far away. He's so so for people who've played this game, I'm off to the eastern side of the map near nearest to the school, uh, and he's, like, dead center uh, near where, like, the river splits, and there's that little mini-, mini island where Patrick, you and I, met our fateful end the ah. first time we almost got a chicken dinner. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm like, I'm going to go link up with this, dude. I have a lot of stuff. I had, like, a lot of healing. I had a lot of good items. And so I like get on that motorcycle that I took from those people uh, <laughs> and go across the map and, like, drive it into the river and swim up and turn on my voice communication just in case right like maybe he'll hear me right i'm like is there a way for me to type guy i don't see any way for me to type so i'll try to talk and i try to talk and i don't get a response and uh then we 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 hook up and like he sees me he pulls a buggy up to me and i i like do the thing where I, like shake my mouse a couple of times to like make it look like i'm shaking my head or something as if like hey yes i see you we i'm communicating with you you're not responding to me talking i'm going to mute myself uh, and, and I'll drop two. I dropped two first aid kits to be like, look, we're going to team up. Like, I know we're on the team already, technically, but mm-hmm. like, we're actually going to play this as a team. And he's like, we get in the buggy and we start going through the ruins, which are these like old, like very uh, dense area of like old, you know, uh, stonework and, and a little tunnel, not tunnels, but little like uh, divots and stuff. It's hard to move through that place with a buggy. But in fact, he hits like a rock at one point, And I kind of laughed to myself because I'm like, oh, this guy's new. Like he's trying to use a buggy. In the ruins, that's not what he should be doing. Um, and then we go on this completely fucking wild run through the ruins uh, or past the ruins uh, where just like things pop in and out of the fog. Uh, I'm again linking to both of you to a video uh, of this of this segment. Uh, I actually, go back in the video I just linked a few seconds because there's like we come at the end of the at the end of the the ruins and there's a church and I just catch a figure in the fog up on the top of the church like and he's like, taking aim and shooting down at us. So we're like, pulling away from that gunfire. People just pop in and out of the fog as you go forward because like it's dense. Like it's sort of similar to playing like, an old N64 game or a PS1 game like Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, and it's just like oh. Shit, like, there's a car now. (laughs) Now there's a person shooting on this road. It's, like, kind of terrifying. But we get through it. And he takes us to a little compound with, like, a fence and, like, a three-story building, and we climb the three-story building, and he, like, sets up shop on one of the roofs, and is like, I am going to be a sniper. Like I just And he's, he's
2: not he's not talking to you? Right? No like, talking,
1: no okay. communication, right? Very important for the story. No communication outside of just, like, what we could do with body language. Um, he ends up climbing to the, the third floor. I go to the third floor. I'm like, ah, I guess he's looking this way. I'm gonna go look the other way, and I go get set up, and I kind of peek over to see what he's up to, and he's dropped from the third floor roof to the second floor roof on on rewatching that replay uh you you could hear him like load a new round a new clip into his chamber and he jumps down there and then starts shooting and like what is he even shooting at like he's not calling out positions right he's just like that's it he's just shooting and so uh i i look through my scope into the fog and i can't see anything but a little smoke in the distance and he hops off the roof and just starts running and i realize in the kill counter he's just got Two or three kills. And we get over there, and there are four bodies um, all just scattered on the ground near this empty car that he's killed at least half of those people, if not more. Um, and like, <laughs> holy shit, like, I'm with a fucking killer. And like, I thought he was a new player because of the way he was driving that buggy. No, he's a killer. Um, and we start like moving up the blue wall. We're trying to stay inside this zone. And it's like 17 people left or something. I'm convinced, like, not that we're going to win necessarily, but this is like, I was like, this is going to be. The real shit. Uh, like we're at least going to get like a wild ending, and so we go into the final zone with two people left, me or with 20, 20 people left, something like that. Um, and climbing up a hill, we like come over the top of the hill, and like this is the first time I've been in a final zone in the fog, and it's just like I, it's so hard, <laughs> it's so much harder because you just can't see movement in the in anywhere, you just can't see it anywhere because the fog is so dense. It is, like, really spooky, but we're, like, staying very close to each other, and then we end up, like, up against some trees with, like, 20 people alive and what is a pretty small circle for that many people, and he gets hit, and he goes down, uh, and I see him in the distance, and I make the decision immediately, I'm going to run and go try to save him, and then he says something, and I can't decide if what he says is trees, as if to say they're in the trees, or please... Oh as in God. please come resme like and it's the only thing he says it's at like one in the video I just linked you to it's like 140 and it's it's just like please and it's like ah, what, <laughs> ah. and then I get, I'm like running I'm like sprinting I'm trying to like juke and weave I'm trying to you know zigzag pattern I'm trying to serpentine and I just get caught and I just die in the fog next to my new friend Krispie's uh, and it was like one of the most memorable games of this game I've played in a long time uh it's so fucking good um and like i am excited to hopefully get to play with y'all with like in the fog at some point because it's so transformative of that game uh and it's exciting to just be like because it's so rare that you see something in a game like this like i don't know I, i i've mentioned before i don't follow games like like i don't stick to a single game for a long time. It's not a thing I do traditionally. So it's been exciting to see how it uh, evolves like this and how it can produce these different sorts of experiences as it adds new modes, as it adds new weather effects. I'm so excited for new maps. I'm so excited for, for new stuff. And like, it seems like such a small thing. I'm just going to add fog, but like it's such a huge, huge, like change in, in tone.
2: It's it's transformative enough that I think they should consider allowing you to opt in to yes. this. Like I I think the other weather modes are not tra- like the
1: rain is the, close.
2: The, rain is close because the way it can screw with the sound. Um, but I almost wonder if they should if they continue to like at some point I feel like they're going to add a night mode like that yeah. just seems inevitable that they're going to add like some sort of a variant that plays with the the lighting effects more than the Over. sunset does and. And maybe the way it'll work is that they'll start introducing playlists that are like, "Hey, if you want to be in like the weather variant, right? Bad like, weather, <laughs> right? Like you're not necessarily going to get locked. You can't just pick fog right. game, but, but fall, if you want to be rain, in inc- yeah, inc- 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 inclement weather, like snow or whatever, like you know, like there. I would like to see them because this is I this is cool, and I think what the problem is is that by making it so rare, you're you're essentially. Uh, Trying to convince people to not, like, drop out of a queue, right back in, and hope they get into the queue that gets to the fog. Now, granted, this game has so many people that passed the concurrence for Dota of 1.26 million or whatever. Which someone pointed uh, it out that. in our
1: chat this morning while streaming dota is a free game like dota yep. obviously is a, a hell of a thing to get into it's a very hard thing to to actually like wrap your head around and play like you know seriously so i get why that difference is there and and, and pub is like notoriously good at hooking people um but boy like the fact that it it beat that in concurrence so what, what is it up to now like one point what did you just say 1.26 it's mil-
2: one, one 1.2 something million concurrence it, it, it did that over the weekend. Like, if you look at the Steam Spy numbers, which Steam Spy has since admitted that they can't keep up with, like, the, <laughs> way, the, like, the way they, like, scrape Steam's API, like, cannot keep up, I guess, with, like, what's happening with Battlegrounds, um, uh, it, uh, it it continues to be an exponential mm-hmm. graph up and zero signs that it's slowing down. Like, there's actually speculation that I, I saw some uh, amongst friends that, like, follow sort of, like, press releases and how companies talk about... Um, sort of like corporate speak of success. Uh-huh. And that there's a, a theory that I think has some legs that the reason Activision and Bungie couldn't be like more celebratory about Destiny was because of oh, like wow. ba- Battlegrounds being a, a, a success story that uh, immediately sort of like wipes everything else. Um, it also points to uh, Destiny made the, their metric of success um, uh, engagement and concurrence, which is... Like, I wonder if that's going to be one of the new, like, things that we see more... Like, cause sales essentially have gone out the window. Like, the ever since the NPD uh, group um, uh, rolled over and said told publishers, we won't release data unless you choose to release it. Right, and right, fact right. In the fact that everything has gone digital uh, mm-hmm. so much in a way that even when the NPD does want to do estimates, like, it's hard to actually understand if they're getting accurate information. Uh, I wonder if concurrence and engagement, like, that sort of metric now becomes like the judge of whether a game is popular like it's one thing if your game sells a million copies but if you have a million people concurrently engaged that says a lot more about the viability of your game than an actual sale does
1: right i'm curious because i'm curious how flexible those numbers are in some ways like obviously uh in Battlegrounds, i'm guessing that like i'm guessing on steam what that means is the game is launched right Um, But I'm guessing if you're on the Destiny server, if you're Destiny, if you're Bungie or Activision, like, what does engaged mean? Does that mean playing missions? Does that mean, like, you know, being in orbit? I guess Destiny 2 is is pretty good about not putting you in orbit. But I think about Destiny 1, where I would sometimes just have that game on. I would be in orbit. I'd be, like, waiting for a friend to come on and, like, not be doing much of anything versus, like, playing Crucible, playing a mission, like, where I'm actively actually playing stuff.
2: Um, Well, the game kicks you you off after, like, 15 minutes of idle time. So my guess is like they must measure that in terms of are you – like if Destiny 2 is yeah. launched, that doesn't count. But that if you've hit X and logged into a character, right. even if you've idled for 15 minutes, you've made the conscious the, effort to <laughs> right, log. to start
1: that game. The
2: Destiny gamer has logged in.
1: Oh, no. Is that the same as the woke gamer? Is the woke gamer a <laughs> Destiny? What class does the woke gamer play as?
2: Well, the- theoretically, he
1: plays a warlock. I play okay, a warlock. theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically. God. Yeah, but he doesn't do violence. He's against all violence. He won't ever shoot uh, anyone from the Vex or the Fallen or the Hive. Especially not the Taken. So No,
2: definitely not the Taken. Oh,
1: God. the woke gamer. Uh, so what else is up other than me playing PUBG and PUBG being very good? <laughs> I don't know, Rob. What have you been up to?
3: Uh, I didn't do too much uh, gaming this weekend. Well, I did some tabletop gaming. Hell and, yeah. Uh, I, I had a brief... <clears throat> Something went wrong uh, the other day when I was doing good. Some tabletop gaming. Good, That's excited. how all good stories start. Yep. Okay, uh, so I was out visiting... Uh, one, one of my friends was uh, out, in the, out in the Berkshires, a uh, friend of mine. He's on, been on three years ahead. Uh, David Heron is a uh, really smart game designer and one of the one of the most infuriating people to play a board game with mm. because he's got that like long-term long-time game designer ability to quickly <laughs> suss out like yeah. the way the game is meant to work and the trade-offs that are in play yep. and then figure out really quickly a way to play an op- like deploy an optimal strategy right and uh, that will happen in your learning game against him so you really oh, want to be you really want to be sharp uh, for a game like this and what we decided to bust out uh, was a game called Eclipse, which is a, a tabletop 4X strategy game okay. in some ways, and it's like explicitly like drawing from the same language of the 4X genre. Uh, you sort of reveal the game board. It's yeah. like you get these stacks of uh, hexagonal discs that so, you sort of create the game board out of.
1: Yeah, this game was released on iOS too for people who, if anyone thinks this sounds interesting, in fact, right, it's on Steam now too. Uh, Eclipse: New Dawn for the Galaxy over on Steam. Uh its art isn't great but that game seems okay. Yeah, and
3: it's it's really cool. It's uh it really is like a it takes everything you find in a forex strategy game for the most part and like condenses it down into you know probably everyone knows what they're doing. You can get a, an entire game done uh you know inside of 2 hours, uh, yeah. certainly within 3. Uh, which isn't bad for a tabletop strategy game. <laughs> okay, great. So that's the plan for the afternoon. Uh but first I was like I we need to get some beer. Um, Uh That's definitely what what I should do. Mm. Um, And I hadn't really eaten. And the first thing I'd done when I got out to Western Mass was go uh, hiking in the woods for a couple hours and got lost. And so I was a little dehydrated, uh, all this stuff. So I go to the liquor store and buy what I thought. Uh, If you're familiar with the offerings of a brewery called Founders, uh, they're pretty well known for a lot of good beers. But uh, in particular, I'd, I'd say they're sort of specialists in stouts. Uh, which tend not like tend to not have uh, too high an ABV alcohol by volume, um, and you know I enjoy stout, so it seemed like the way to go. So I grabbed uh, there you know an imperial stout off the shelf, bring it home.
1: That's one of your many AKAs, by the way.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I get the imperial I get the imperial stout uh, back to the place, uh, crack it open, start pouring it into a glass. Weirdly it's not dark uh, the way a stout beer is it's uh-huh. uh, a very thick uh, viscous amber okay. Uh, beer okay and I taste it and it's uh really uh cereally creamy i don't know there's something there's something weird about it uh, but it's certainly not a stout and I look at the bottle and oh no, it's an imperial malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I and think you mean oh yes is what I think
2: you
1: mean. <laughs> in their that's the twenty year
3: old twenty year old Patrick is definitely saying oh yep. yes, in their insufferably hipster way. Uh, the founders, uh, the, the the founders uh, copywriter is like yeah you know a lot of people disparage uh, malt liquors and they don't give it the credit it deserves as a <laughs> beverage. Uh, so this is our take uh, on malt liquor, and uh, you know let let us know what you think. But you know we think you'll enjoy it. So did and you and. Well, debatable. Uh, let me <laughs> explain that Im- what imp- happened next.
2: Implied in that is that although you took issue with it and uh-huh. had had problems with the marketing of said product, at no point do I have gotten the indication so far that the choice was made.
3: I'll have something else to drink. Uh, no, cool. Well, because you know we brought it home, <laughs> and I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be classist. Like if somebody is trying to gentrify the malt liquor. <laughs> Uh, who am I to stand like malt? Sure, I can get down with malt liquor. Fine. Uh, it doesn't a, have to be what like a, it was in college. What a, what a, what a centrist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, let, I finally let it hold a uh, town hall with my liver. <laughs> and halfway through this glass, like. I lose contact with the feeling in my face. Oh, oh my god, Rob! It's bad. No, like we're like we are talking within moments of like, I, <laughs> like I don't drink that much anymore. Right, of and course, so, like, your tolerance talking,
1: is lower. It happens.
3: Yeah, so we're talking within moments. You know, like you can be in those situations where you shouldn't be drunk or you should not be as drunk as you are. Yeah, uh-huh. and immediately you're like, I can't let people find out (laughs) I've done this like because they're setting up they are setting up the board they are going through the rules they are explaining the rules and mechanics to me and I'm like where are my lips
1: (laughs) so then and then you can play this game you then have to play this game at how least long is once. It, how,
2: how long is the game supposed to go? Maybe two, three hours. Yeah, that... yeah,
3: uh, two ooh, hours. And ooh. Yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't be too bad. But like, I am. Happy I don't know. That this... sounds like
2: a long time, Rob. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm happy. With well, it's a long time to not feel your face. And the problem is, I'm still really thirsty, and so <laughs> I just start like I basically crush this no. thing, oh. and then I go and get another. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> you know, I'm just somehow
1: somehow We're just gonna power the, uh, through it, buddy. We've yeah, all the been there when we were 22, that and that's a bad place to be. Oh. So, um,
3: this is when I got sort of got caught. Is people noticed that I appeared to be like sort of zoning out during uh, <laughs> other people's turns. <laughs> Uh, I had to keep like having things re-explained. <laughs> I had to keep getting really close to the board game components. It's like, extra, extra
1: funny. It's extra funny because I've seen Rob just dead tired at E3, and I can just imagine that, like, except also people all around you are very actively <laughs> playing a very complex board game about spaceships.
3: And so somebody's like, uh, somebody in the kitchen who wasn't playing the game is like, wait. Rob, did you know this is fourteen percent alcohol? Oh, oh my
1: god, <laughs> Rob!
3: It was like suddenly a lot of things make sense, <laughs> uh, including the fact that I appear to be getting sick just sitting in this uh, sitting in this chair. <laughs> Jeez, uh, playing this board game. Uh, so, long story short, I didn't make a great showing.
1: No, yeah, uh, you didn't pull that one out. You didn't like come from behind victory. No,
3: I I sort of started I sort of developed a mania uh pretty early on, <laughs> which is that I noticed that if I did the like economy building actions sure uh, I knew how they worked yeah. and it appeared that I was engaged with the game and so I could sort of, like, play it off like I was just really focusing on the boom stage of, uh, you know, the Rush Boom Turtle. Uh-huh. And w- just, you know, wasn't being too aggressive. It's, it's You know, it's not that I didn't understand uh, approximately half the mechanics of the game or or how they worked. Uh, it's that I was just choosing to focus on, on my strategy. Uh, and so I built the most impressive economic engine in the game. Like, I was loaded with resources, and I was, like, ready to start, like... I started to sober up a little bit, and I started being like, all right, time to figure out how to build spaceships. <laughs> uh, but by that point, I realized other people were building a lot of spaceships. <laughs> um, and then they'd been researching, like, guns and stuff to put on them. Uh. And I didn't. Uh, and so I like, I, like, cratered my economy trying to crash build a fleet uh, that was basically, like... Uh, you know, Spanish galleons uh versus <laughs> versus like Nimitz class aircraft carriers. Uh it did not go well. Uh but I, I I sort of I sort of muddled through it uh and a good time was had by uh, Heron. But
1: that's not by you
2: that's an incredible well, no, your good time was relaying that story right, to, yeah, to me in Austin. Is,
1: this has been your good time, and that is it. <laughs> God. That's that's this is the dilemma of all social interaction is uh, embarrassment and shame. Uh, and yep. if you're if you're out there, if you drink drink responsibly, check the bottle. Make sure it's the thing you think it is, <laughs> and at the percentage you suspect.
3: Yeah, see, there, there were a few, there were a few, like, a few, like, safety checks that yeah. kind of failed uh, during this during this process. Well, and the thing
1: is, you had outs. That's the other thing is, imagine you had noticed that it said 14%. Then there would have been no weird social foul of you being like, ah, I bought, this is, this is way stronger than I thought it was, guys. Ha ha, I'm going to stop, I'm going to start drinking water and start eating food to recover the nutrients that my body needs to live. You would have had the out, and you didn't have the out.
3: Nope. you didn't take to- it. Just had to keep colonizing planets for no good reason. <laughs> Just had to be. I'm gonna colonize again. Are you sure? You're, you're getting
1: pretty you spread. Pretty th- uh, no. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna I, boom! I, I look, late game. I look you guys forward to be your ready "What if it. Rob Zackney was President" uh, video series. Oh, oh my god! <clears throat> <laughs> oh deep <clears throat> cuts. Okay, Patrick, have you been playing any video games? Uh,
2: I've c- continued to uh, work my way through the uh, Dishonored expansion. I think DLC is probably not... I think, as we Yeah, it seems, it seems on pretty, Friday.
1: pretty large, right? I've played
2: like four or five hours of nice. it, which I think like puts it outside the scope of a, a DLC. Or I think what's more likely is this was probably... They, they, I think they did two DLCs uh, for uh, Dishonored 1, so I think like maybe they just kind of like squished everything together into mm-hmm. like one uh, larger thing. And uh, as I mentioned, I, I went over a lot of my initial impressions on Friday, which is that, uh, and I'm going to write about this after the podcast, is that I, I find the DLC uh, uh, continues to enact my uh, desire to uh, not be a pacifist and instead uh, engage in a violent streak, which is uh, how I've continued to uh, operate in uh, <laughs> Death of the Outsider, which is the opposite of how I've uh, played recently. Like so for uh, for example, like uh, one of the uh, like sort of like side missions that you you come across is that you end up in a bar and uh, that bar has a bartender that you are supposed to uh, kidnap, but you're supposed to uh, you can't kill them, and uh-huh. so you're supposed to try and knock them out. But the bar is full of patrons, uh, and then upstairs there's a separate Uh, side mission that involves you finding somebody's brother who went missing. And as it turns out, and like this is a slight spoiler for if you're that that sensitive about some of the side missions in uh, uh, Death of the Outsider, is that uh, you find that they are connected to uh, like a blood machine that is being transfused into these uh, sort of like rich elite of the the world of Karnaka who are Mm -hmm. using the blood of people who are being purposely brought to the brink of death. So that their connection with the void, which is the, you know, where the outsider lives and has uh, his powers. Um, so you can essentially try and have, like, a void high by extracting the blood of those who are on the verge of death. And so uh, I end up, like, disconnecting his blood thing. And then that uh, causes all the people that were c- connected to that blood uh, to pass out. Like, they're in an unconscious state. Not dead, just unconscious. Right. And I went, I went over to him and I slit their necks. And then slowly, oh, methodically, oh. slowly, methodically, cut off their arms. Why fuckers don't? No, they don't. They don't deserve to live. They've been. They kidnapped this poor, yeah, uh, okay. uh, like, uh, like poor ruffian, connected him to the brink of death, and they just slowly siphoned his blood at <laughs> in, in the top of this bar. And then, it, then it it, uh, it, it came upon me that well, everyone in this bar is here for that reason. They are all complicit in the actions of what was happening upstairs, and so i I came to the only conclusion that was possible to get this a bartender out of there unconscious was to knock him unconscious and then kill everyone else and so I just well, this doesn't sound centrist at all i just uh. no, I, <laughs> I chose violence uh so I just yeah i i uh they have this i was mentioned the on Friday they have this uh new weapon in uh dishonor and uh, death of the are called the hook shot which is what you can attach to parts of the environment and then it can yank people uh, oh, cool across the room uh yeah is it and, it's uh, all
1: new powers is, does she have yeah all yeah house? all okay. yeah
2: all all new powers cool. that are, are are completely wild um and, and can change the way you uh, play the game um and so you can set the hook shot to violent or non-violent and so basically i just like instigated the bartender to come after me had him get hook and uh uh uh, unconscious, and then I uh, I funneled everyone in the bar to come up through the stairwell, <laughs> and then I just had them walk over mines and into uh, all sorts of other nasty traps that <laughs> I had set up, and then yeah. I t- I a took monster. all the, I I took all the bodies and then stacked them on top of each other in the bar because in my in my character's mind I wanted it to be a statement when the police came and were like what happened here it's like oh. We know what happened. Those people upstairs—they had their arms and their legs cut, and then there's a stack of bodies. And so that was the the mark that Billy left on that bar. as she went on her way Jesus. and brought that.
0: Brought you're that like man's a body. you're
1: like a Batman villain. You're like a vigilante in a Batman like comic where Batman has to be like, "Listen, I know you're trying to make the world better, but you you, you can't do it like this."
2: Well, it's it's uh, like the the feeling I've had is that like uh, even when I played a uh sort of passive character in dishonored i think anyone who has played like the stealth passive character where you're trying to knock people out instead of kill them there are moments in that game where you meet a character or you're in a situation where you want to break that code you're like fuck these people deserve it like this isn't like i don't necessarily have to live by this code of like knocking these fuckers out like maybe they do deserve to die and I just chose to play, like, this character as that is just their disposition from the start. She
1: is ready to go already. She doesn't need to be convinced that some people need to die. That is who that character is.
2: Yeah, and I I feel like it fits the backstory of of Billy and her relationship with Dowd and actually fits canonically with, like, how they talk about uh, when she originally, like, got the powers of the outsider by running around with Dowd. Um, They strongly imply that, like... She was very much a uh, Robin Hood, but that a Robin Hood that slits the throats of the people <laughs> she's taking money from, and so it seemed both as my desire to play Dishonored differently and to role play differently in that world, um, the character fit that in a way that I don't feel like the characters in Dishonored one and two naturally lent themselves to characters that made right. sense to be characters of, uh, of of a violent nature on a like a moment to moment basis. Like it just didn't make sense for like. Emily Caldwell, who's going to theoretically like take back the throne that she would have, you know, left a, you know, uh, a, tra- a trail of like hundreds of bodies yeah, on the way there. That's a, so, like, that's
1: a bad way to go into the that, the business of ruling people. Is just like, oh, by the way, I killed a thousand people between the time I was deposed and now.
2: Yeah, it just didn't make sense. Like, it, it made no sense. no ruler's in the-
1: ever done that <laughs> oh, mm, by myself with my magic powers.
2: Mm. It, it just didn't make sense for me when I was playing that character. It made sense as like I'm going to play that game a second time and then yeah, see what yeah, it's yeah. like to do the chaos route. And I guess I should mention, like, um, just because you weren't here for Friday's show, this game uh, the gets rid of the chaos uh, meter, so oh, you were not. Yeah, so you're encouraged
1: game- effectively to just go wild,
2: right? So at the end of a mission, it does like do the thing where it. it Tells you like here's where you fell on the scale of like right. anarchy and and violence and and passivity and um and stuff like that. But you aren't explicitly judged as like a you know a good bad or you know chose a side does sort it, of thing. Does it
1: still have the thing of like you can deal, you can there are alternative ways to deal with your targets the way that like the main dishonored campaigns do. There
2: there haven't been as many instances where I've dealt with an NPC or a character that would set themselves up for those sorts of things. This DLC, at least so far, seems to be a lot more about interacting with environments and, like, random guards, as opposed to setting up, like, really elaborate uh, decisions that you can... Like, if you haven't played, like, previous Dishonoreds, like, there's often the easy route, which is just to go and kill the character that you're, you're after, or there's, like, much more elaborate, sometimes actually darker ways of, like... Taking care, of, like there's one in Dishonored Two where it's uh, one of the mad, one of the the, uh, the geniuses, like the architects of a lot of the stuff in the city. Uh, you can hook him up to some sort of like brain scam- scrambler mm-hmm. that like completely, essentially, you take away his genius. Like he right, right, he right. did he did things that were good for the city, but largely participated in systemic actions that meant that technology was like used to like oppress the the lower parts of um of that region, and so like. Yes, you could kill him, but isn't, like, the darker thing to do (laughs) is to, like, scramble his brain and have him live out the rest of his life not realizing that he was ever a genius and not realizing what, like, the way that, like, they portray the dialogue in that portion um, where you get, like, a little hint of, like, what his future is going to be is that it's not that he is completely uh sort of incapable of like wandering and, and, and engaging with the world but it's just as though everything is slightly outside of
1: reach right mentally like that Oof. feeling you
2: have you feel that feeling you have where something's on the tip of your tongue that feeling and where ma-
1: maybe you go to get uh, a beer but it turns out to be a 14 <laughs> percent imperial mar- malt liquor is that the feeling <laughs> baby yeah. and your face yeah. goes numb okay yeah
2: uh, so I, yeah, so the uh, yeah, that's the always outsiders. been
1: weird. Like going back to the first Dishonored, there's one of the first choices you make is like, do oh, I want God. to kill this pair of brothers or send them to a labor camp for the rest of their yep. lives? And yep. the latter is the good option. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so well, I mean, I, I think that's one of the cool things about Dishonored. I, I think it's always knowingly played with the uh, mor- the, the faux morality of a morality right, right. scale, yeah, yeah, the yeah. the notion that you can somehow keep your hands clean while also, like, permanently eliminating people from yes. public life, from the board. And so, like, there's a lot of times where it's like, oh, yeah, you, you perish the thought that you kill anyone. Mm-hmm. This creepy stalker just wants to take your target and abduct her and keep her as his prisoner on his creepy island for the rest of her life. <sighs> That's cool, right? That's better than murder. <laughs> and, like... And that was like, and that was the thing that like I could never be complicit in that in the game. Like I was like, this is too no, no. Like this is a political assassination. That's the punishment that fits this crime. But I'm not getting involved in your bullshit. Right. Uh, but what was cool is that the game does kind of throw this out there. Is like, but you know, really, like the important thing is how you feel about your morality, not the actual
1: effects that your <laughs> actions have have on others. Right. Did you ever have a feeling of, and I think this is a larger topic to some degree, but um, when I was playing, when I played both Dishonored games that that I've played, uh, and I haven't beaten either because despite really liking them, they're very stressful for me to play. Uh, And part of that reason is that it feels like I'm going to miss something if I fuck up, Uh, that like I want to see those optional endings because I know that someone in a room somewhere wrote dialogue for me doing that. And that, for whatever reason, feels like it means I'm missing it if I get just the regular assassination. Do you ever feel that way about about Dishonored or games in general? Where it's like, I want to do the extra hard thing just because I know that there's extra content associated with it. Even though on paper, I would say that it's a foolish thing to do or feel.
2: Well, like for example, uh, without spoiling exactly how it works in Death of the Outsider, like I, I constantly find myself in playing the Dishonored games where... You'll I like make multiple saves during a mission because if I end up discovering about halfway through, like sometimes while just exploring around, you'll come across a like an uh, some uh, like a notebook that it like would have set up like a longer, more convoluted, interesting way to right. approach what you're doing as opposed to the more direct approach. Like for example, in the mission I'm on, uh, I want to exactly explain the items. Let's just say there's an item that I needed um, in order to. Uh, to break into this bank. And uh, you can go to the black market, which is where you purchase like, uh, your like uh, upgrades for your character and you can buy extra bone charms and things like that that you don't find in the world. And you can just straight up buy that item there for a ton of money. Right. Like enough that you will definitely most likely have that money, but that uh, you'll, you could skip around doing the more convoluted way to get it. The more convoluted way to get it ends up involving you using one of the powers in the game which allows you to assume um the face and right. body of someone else temporarily and sneaking in to an auction and then bidding oh, um, the item right so i did the short version originally because i was like oh like okay it says i need that item i'll just buy it here that seems reasonable and then i noticed that the item the option to go to the auction disappeared off my map and i was like whoa okay wait fuck Right. I actually want so I went and reloaded and I was like I don't I'll, I'll keep in mind to have $800 right. or whatever the Karnaka coins are like to come back and get that <laughs> if for some reason I screw up or that ends up being like a not fun route but instead I went down that route and it was way more satisfying. I bet. It was like an extra it was extra 45 minutes but it was a way more satisfying way to get the item right. that right. I needed than to just complete spending that, that part of the quest. Yeah.
1: Total
0: Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Well, like, and that's uh, – so uh, uh, I, I started the beginning of Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, with uh, with Janine Hawkins, who's a a Waypoint uh, contributor um, over the weekend. She has been doing she did the review in progress over on Polygon, and and was like, oh, I should do some multiplayer. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll start a new game. Uh, And I started playing that, and in the co-op, it immediately feels like it's so easy to separate yourself from... Okay, so I should set this up, actually. Divinity Original Sin it, 2 is the sequel to Divinity Original Sin. It is a computer RPG. I guess it, it eventually got a console release, I think. Um, it did, yeah. Uh, and, uh, at least Xbox One. Yeah, uh, and it's really it. interesting. Um one, because the combat is really cool. The combat is a tactical, kind of turn-based, uh, uh, isometric view. You move your units around on a map. You have, like, a couple of characters that you can control. Uh, if you're playing multiplayer, it's, like, you and... you have, like, your character and a companion, and your your other friend has uh, their character and a companion. Uh, and it's it's really clever and very much based on, like, status effects, but not, like... Not like like buffs and debuffs, like, is this person standing in water? Is this person near, like, poison gas? Uh, and then having those tags, those effects, um, interact in interesting ways. So if they're standing in water and you hit them with an electricity attack, then they'll be stunned for an extra turn or whatever, right? Um, and that stuff is fascinating and really cool, and it makes every combat encounter feel, like, fresh and, like it makes you feel smart all the time like ah this is how I'm going to deal with that right? or like you build a character that has an ability where like the character that I built has the ability to one they're undead which means that poison heals them instead of hurts them and healing spells hurt them instead of heal them um, and two, I have an ability that's like whenever I get a kill, I get a couple of action points back. And so there's lots of like good like okay, I'm gonna take off the smaller character first so that I get the kill and get those bonus action points, which gives me enough points to then move into the poison that will that will heal my character at the beginning of the turn or whatever. And it's like that's like really fun and clever, but. That stuff happens in between these kind of like long isometric exploration, uh, like tra- like traditional throwback, like old school computer RPG, Baldur's Gate styles, you know th- that sort of era, Neverwinter uh, of RPG. Um, and in the co-op, like there's nothing keeping you with your partner; you just go wherever you want. And it well, feels-
2: that's the that's the like really interesting thing about that game is yes. that it, al- it allows you to well, not even just the co-op, but it's a game that from its uh, original conceit in the foundation of the design, it allows the players to basically do whatever they want. And, yes. like, in the original game, and they doubled down on this in the sequel, which I haven't played, but I've read a little about it, is you can kill every major NPC quest giver in the game. And right. then, uh, more so in the second one than in the first one, the game then accounts for other ways for you to complete those quests, even though you've technically killed the quest giver who may have given it to you in the first place. Like, it's a game that, like, when, pa- right. when, games, say pl- when games say player choice, like that's usually, there's usually a lot of caveats, and, like, the Divinity series seems very much in, like, no, like, we're going to let the player, like, do whatever the fuck they want, the, and then there the game adapts limits, to the consequences.
1: Right? right? Like, like, um. so I, the character I was playing as was a... Uh, uh, there are limits and also not limits, right? Uh, or, or it's not that there are limits. I mean, there are, obviously, but there's also limits in how things can react, right? So I was playing a character named Fane, who is... So you make your own characters, or they give you, like, six origin characters who have their own backstories and unique dialogue um, and some unique powers, which is interesting. I have to pick this guy named Fane, who is an undead skeleton person uh, who who is from like a distant culture uh, way into the past that's been all but forgotten and he's the last survivor and he wants to know what happened to his culture. Um, And he has, at the beginning of the game, he has this mask on that lets him assume the form of different um, types of beings, right? So he could like be a human or he could be a dwarf depending on what he sets that mask to be. Um, And uh, if you take the mask off, The, like, the person who sees you when you do it is like, whoa, you're a skeleton person. No, I have to kill you now. You're a skeleton person. Um, but if I just change from an elf to a dwarf real quick. No one responds, no one notices, no one reacts in any meaningful way, and that was one of those moments of like, okay, I can start to see the seams in the simulation a little bit. Um, And there are other things like that, right, where it's like, oh, I wish I could just do blank to solve this crisis, but I can't do that because the game doesn't have a way for me to grab the ladder from over on that side of the thing, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, there are ways, there are are limitations to what the thing is, which is interesting partially because... It comes with a DM mode that I haven't dug into at all yet, where you can do be a dungeon master, basically. Um, and you can do things that just say, like, okay, roll the dice, off, and depending on if you succeed or not, will act as if you succeeded or not. And so there should be, based on what I've seen in the, the kind of preview coverage of that mode, the ability to have a little more wiggle room even there. But, it, but in the same way, like... There's just – the fact that you're dealing with multiple players, even in the, the regular campaign co-op, it's so easy to miss entire branches or to feel like I, I came into this conversation late. Does anyone want to catch me up on, like, the main plot conversation that I missed because I was at the market? Like, I was buying this pitchfork and this shovel while you were talking to this god. Uh, so what's going on? <laughs> and that's just, like, a weird – it makes me want to just, like, play with the ball and chain attached to the character so that i don't miss anything but that's also a boring way to play it and i want to be able to like loosen that up and be willing to be like oh no i was over here doing a whole other side quest i'll meet up with you later and like it's just hard when you know that you're missing things in games sometimes i want to get away from that feeling even though i I, yeah i just want to get away from it
2: there was a story that i read in i'm trying to look it up it was in uh rock paper shotgun wrote about it and they, it spoke to. Uh, so, I, in this game, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if you play an elf character, yes, hundred percent. You can eat. Yep. The flesh of characters and learn the story behind them. Uh, yes, they're flesh. They're corpse eaters.
1: Elves in this setting eat corpses to like get flashbacks of the body that they ate. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot, and it's also. There's, like, a weird thing for me in this game, which is I think all that stuff is super interesting, but I'm not interested in doing any of it. Um, like, I love the idea of, like, all oh, these elves eat corpses or eat, like, body parts to, like, see into the past. That's, like, a weird twist on the classical, like, elves live a long time and so they know a lot of things, uh, like, trope. Um, but I don't want to be that elf. I'm not out here trying to eat a corpse. Like, <laughs> so, 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 uh, uh,
2: here at uh, they write, uh... Last week, I found a shark that appeared to be stuck on a beach. I was going to return it to the sea, but we had a bit of a chat because I guess some characters can also talk. Yeah, to animals. As you talk to animals. Yep. Um, and then, well, I decided to sample some of the meat it had stuck between its teeth. I ate the meat from the shark's mouth, and that's how Gross. I found out exactly who the shark had eaten. And later that day, I broke the news to that person's friends. The shark, as far as I know, is still rotting on the beach. <laughs> that's. That's just like a really funny. Yes. Like, that's also part of. Uh, I played all the way through with the original uh, original Sin, even though that's like totally not yeah, usually. That's not your my game at type all. Type of game, but uh, I think it was. It was Vinny or Alex was just like, someone else needs to play this game. Right. So that when we talk about it on Game of the Year, I don't seem like a, a, a person th- th- like this is screaming into the void. <laughs> and so I decided to like, dip my toes into it and ended up falling in love with the. Specifically, the way that you can just kind of like break and bend. Right. right, Like for example, uh, the thing I always loved in the original was, um, and I don't know if they like changed this in the sequel, but you could, if you knew like there was a combat encounter coming up, you could attack first like you didn't have to wait oh, for combat to begin so i would like send a volley of meteors at the <laughs> enemies i was coming to ahead of time and then the game doesn't reset their status when the combat encounter begins right are just on fire when when you be, when you start um and it was things like that where like most games would find ways to either not allow you to do that and divinity always just seemed like the kind of game they're like eh whatever, man, like, right. that's fine, that's like, fine. go ahead and, and do that, and the story was not particularly good, like, the side yeah. quest stuff was interesting, it had a great sense of humor that I enjoyed, but the story just went fucking off the rails in the last third, like, I have no idea what was actually even happening in the game, it was really, just really poor storytelling, that just, I lost the plot, mm-hmm. um, not to mention, I, fantasy was already, like, a tough right. sell that's on me, that's why I was like, surprised I,
1: that you'd played it.
2: Yeah, but the gameplay hooked me in the same way that, like Skyrim like I wasn't super right. into like high I just high fantasy is just tough for me. Um but uh I'm curious to see how I don't have the time to play original sin 2 but like I definitely want to give it a shot probably sometime early next year when i (laughs) get through everything else
1: it's definitely i'm I'm very curious to see if i if i put more time into it what i feel about it i i've heard that there is a choice at the end of the first act that's uh i guess you could compare it to the witcher 2 story uh decision where it's like oh there are whole parts of this game you have to decide not to see now um and that is i mean that speaks to what i was just talking about right which is like uh, that makes me like it bugs me out a little bit like it didn't for in 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 which i mean i didn't beat witcher 2 so it doesn't matter But like i was excited about witcher 2 because it was like oh i like this decision based on what i've heard about it i would love to actually make one of these choices and commit to it but the one that's been described to me and i don't want to spoil anything here with with original sin 2 but it seems like it might be really frustrating in terms of shutting down interesting um pathways like stories that you were already on and it's like oh, nope nope mm-hmm. you're not, not going to get resolution for that you have to play again if you want that stuff and that seems like a bummer to me like um Again, that speaks to this this thing where it's like on paper, I want to be able to say no. I commit. I'm willing to commit to shutting down other routes through this game, uh, and there are other genres in which I'm comfortable doing that, in visual novels or, or something like that, where it's like, yeah, totally. Like, I'm playing a dating sim. I can't like I'm going to commit to this one dream, daddy. It's going to happen. Uh, but but in I think maybe it's just like in RPGs, I've been trained to want the whole buffet, right? Like, no. If I have, you know, if I've opened up these quest lines in these factions, I want to see them all the way through. Okay, if I'm working on the plot lines for these companions, I want to see them all the way through. If I'm doing this thing with this skill tree and it gives me a special quest and I, I want to see it all the way through. And, like, I think that that's just a me problem more than a game problem, but it's a pretty serious me problem. And I would, it, it, it seems like a big leap for me to, like, ask you not to keep going down those paths because RPGs are so big. Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of want to go through an RPG and be like, yep, I'm done the RPG. I don't need to put another 60 hours into this. I'm done it. Um, uh, which, again, maybe more of a me problem. Uh, Anyone else play anything? Are we Are we just about there? Oh, very briefly. I played Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. I, I only played oh, the right. story mode. I'm not your fighting game expert. I'm uh, we're you know going to run an article from someone who understands fighting games way better than me. Uh, <laughs> but I started playing that story mode, and it's growing on me. Uh, mm-hmm. I I started it. and was like, "This is bad. This is this is silly. I don't like this at all." Like, yeah, I get it. It's Mega Man X is there, and they've combined. They've combined X City and. Uh what's the city in Thor? Asgard? X Guard. And I was like, that's bad. Like, oh, Chris Redfield (laughs) is here and he's working with the guy from Bionic Commando and and is also working with Captain America. That's weird. Brh like, in the world of Marvel's Capcom, does that mean, like, Umbrella and oh, the zombie lie, outbreak? We'll, is yeah, like- I'll get there because that's when it turns around, Patrick. Just wait. What? I'll tell you. That's when I started liking okay. it. Okay. So, so I do the whole first set of things. I'm like, uh I get to the second, like, chapter of the story. And it's like, it's like Civil War. They like start doing Civil War-y stuff where it's like Captain America believes you should do this and Iron Man believes you should do that. And like, what do they do? They just fight it out at the top of Avengers Tower. And like, that's how they decide who should do the thing. And they like, <laughs> come to terms and they decide like, oh yeah, I guess we'll need the Infinity Gauntlet for this. Of course. Uh, and then it's like, oh, they go to another place that's kind of like Monster Hunter meets Black Panther. It's very weird. And I'm still like, oh, this feels so forced and bad. And then they like, Cut to uh, a group that has already won my heart. It's my favorite part of the story so far. Uh-huh. It is a such a good team up. Um, it's a couple of journalists you might know: uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, uh-huh, uh-huh, and Frank West, and they, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they are info Frank West from uh, Dead Dead Rising, of <laughs> course. Um, and they are infiltrating a little place called AIMbrella a combination of Marvel's AIM, terrorist organization, and Umbrella. Mm. Uh, AIM is, of course, run by MODOK. Who, oh, of course. I swear to fucking Christ, sends Nemesis after you. Um, it's And it's, it's very good. It's very aware of the thing it is. Uh, it's deeply corny. Um, Frank West absolutely has covered wars. Uh, and he will tell <laughs> you that for sure. Um, it is, it, like, that was the moment where it was like, oh, uh, uh, God, there's a point at which, like, you're just looking at, um, like, tanks of, of bio org- bioorganisms Chris Redfield's there, too, and he's talking about, what are they called, Patrick? What do they start calling zombies in that fucking series? Oh, God, I, th- I think I blocked out. Oh, uh, it's like bioorganic weapons, BOWs Yes, yes, fucking, yes. I uh, like, this is like, I've never seen a B.O.W. like this. And it's Mike Hagar in a big tube. And Mike Hagar jumps out and puts uh, Frank West in a fucking headlock. Um, <laughs> and then you have a fight. And also Frank West's super involves him taking, taking a photo of himself. He, like, fucks you up, throws you into a pile of zombies, and then takes a selfie. And it gives you, like, all of the points. And, like, uh-huh. at that point, I'm like, all right, I'm enjoying this. This is this is worth This is worth me playing through. I'm going to probably finish playing through that story mode just for that bullshit. Um,
2: You've just pasted a a screenshot of this in (laughs) chat, and that's... mm, Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll... I guess I'll download that copy of the game I've got. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. He got
1: 99,999 PP from taking pictures of zombies and Matt and Mike Hagar, uh, passed out amongst, <laughs> amongst the, the zombies. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I have no idea if that game is going to be good as a fighting game. Don't look to me for that. Like I'm enjoying it a little bit. Um, it, it, you know, I, I just don't know. I grew up playing those games in arcades, but like never got competitive, uh, and so I really can only tell you if it's been enjoyable and goofy so far. And so far, it has. We'll run a story this week um, from, from someone who's like in that scene and can tell you if it's actually good or not. But
2: yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's interesting to see Capcom feeling a little bit of heat from like uh, Netherrealm as a uh, they. They have these single player modes, but there is like right. a movement away from single player modes. And then Netherrealm sort of like revitalized the idea of fighting games having like a robust like yes. you know, as, as intricate basically story modes in like Mortal Kombat uh on and I think NetherRealm has stalled in terms of uh what they've done with it. like I played injustice two and it was fine, but that right. was mostly because like the plot device they right. had was like so ridiculous and fun that I enjoyed going through it and I think it stagnated because Capcom has been so awful at i mean like look like what they did with street fighter 5 like releasing a bad single player mode like eight months after the release mm-hmm. of that game like why even bother and so yeah i don't know it's curious i'll, I'll play yeah. it for, for the goofiness
1: there are some cool things in terms of mechanics there where it's like um in the monster hunter wakanda world uh there was a a, a match where it was like i have to kill these like seven ultron sigma robots Uh, Quickly, Because if I don't, in the background, a giant Monster Hunter monster was, like, throwing itself against the walls of Wakanda. And I'm trying to break in. And there was a timer on screen. And, like, you just see it, like, slowly trying to break in. And you have to kill them quick enough so that the Hulk can go stop that monster. And that was cool. It was cool, like, to be like, oh right, then the Hulk is going to go throw whatever, whoever was out there with a Ryu. It's the Hulk and Ryu team up. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> the ryu, ryu is like the hulk's research assistant basically oh, it's, it's, and like okay. they're leaning all the way in i'm really glad yeah. about that part of it because when the beta came out a few months ago or the demo or whatever well the story mode it was like really lackluster and it was just like a bunch of like trite one-liners and this is at least leaning into how goofy it could be i'm actually talking about it. it's making me excited to try to put some time aside tonight and maybe get through the rest of that that story mode because it's goofy fun but it's like a good way to make hours pass by yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, I don't really have time to get into some questions, unfortunately, but we will do that later on, on Friday. I'm Austin Walker. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Patrick?
2: Find me at Patrick Puppet.
1: Rob Zachney.
3: At Rob Zachney.
1: Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint at uh, waypoint.vice.com, facebook.com slash waypointvice, youtube.com slash waypointvice. And make sure to catch uh, Waypoint Presents on disney xd uh, if you're in eastern time that is 11 p.m this uh this week on thursday 11 p.m thursday uh it is a good episode this week this is the evo episode rob that i know you and i both gave some good notes on and thought that were was very good um i think I just a lot say of
3: fortunate it. things happened around that uh, around that that shoot
1: yeah like that was a shoot and we'll, we can talk more about this later but like we went there like oh yeah we'll follow these two stories and see what happens and one of them is like a heartbreaker i mean they're they're both heartbreakers uh but we are in the right place at the right time and and our incredible production team followed the right people is what i'll say and and we got some some great kind of behind the scenes coverage of of uh people who, who kind of had us all biting our nails uh so check that out this week thursday at 11 p.m on disney xd Alright, since, since Danielle's not here, Danielle's off in Scotland having a good time being in Scotland on vacation, I'll say it for her. Be good or be good at it. Nope, that's wrong. That's not what we say anymore. She changed it. It's now be good and be good at it. Peace.